Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello. Today on Crux Investor, we're going to be talking to Michael Connert, uh, CEO of Visla Silver Corp. And uh, he's with us now. Michael, really good to see you again. Uh, and if you could give a quick introduction to the company, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you, Merlin. And, and you know, first of all, I want to say um, you know, thank you for, for hosting us again here. It's always uh, our pleasure to, to join Crux and, and do these uh, uh, sessions and interviews. And you know, really appreciate the audience that, that Crux has. So, so first of all, thank you. And yeah, no, Visa Silver is a company that's uh, exploring uh, high-grade discoveries on a district scale and, and, and bringing these discoveries towards a resource in Sinaloa, Mexico. And so you know, just recently in the last 18 months, uh, essentially, we've, we've gone from a company that, that has initially consolidated the district with an option agreement um, to now having two large scale high grade silver discoveries moving towards a resource. And then uh, finally owning the entire district now 100%. And that district is unique in Mexico in the sense that it's, it's come out of uh, private hands. It hasn't come out of another major company. It hasn't come out of um, you know, juniors or options. This has come out of private Mexican hands for the first time in modern history. And it and it has an existing infrastructure that is really the envy of all Mexico. It has two four-lane highways running through the property. We have a 500 ton per day operating permitted mill. We have power lines. It's 45 minutes away from, from Mazatlan, uh, which is a beautiful beachfront resort area. So it, it really is a, you know, special project and, and one that you know, of course, Vizla, our team, myself, we're all very excited about. And so I'm, I'm happy to uh, to have the opportunity to talk about it with you today. Great. Thank you. You, you said you're working towards the resource. Can I just ask how many drills have you got turning and, and where are you? I think you, I mean, you're on a 90,000 meter drill program. Is, is that right? How far have you got through that? Well, we, you know, we call it a 100,000 meter drill program, but it's basically 10 drill rigs turning uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, so, you know, we're not we're not stopping at any kind of, you know, meter cutoff, um, you know, for this year, we'll do at least 100,000 meters. And th that includes, you know, some COVID shutdowns and, and things like that. So we have a, you know, I think one of the world's um, most aggressive drill programs for for silver and, um, you know, with 10 drill rigs turning, uh, you know, it's a lot of data to to to, uh, you know, to take in. But we have an excellent team on the project and, you uh, you know, we, we're, we're working towards that resource in Q1 of 2022. And that resource is going to focus primarily on uh, the Napoleon vein corridor and the Tijitos vein corridor, which uh, these two veins that occur in the western portion of our district. So what are you doing? Are you doing about, it must be close to 10,000 meters a month. I mean, if you're, you know, 100,000 meters, oh, so that's probably kind of 8,000 meters a month. Um, yeah, I think it's around 9,000, some lag time when you're moving rigs around and things like that. But it's about nine, nine, it's, let's say between nine and 10,000 a month here on average. And what's the, um, the, um, the assay turnaround? time how long has it taken for your results to get through are there problems with the labs have you got um a backlog you know how far behind or how far ahead are the rigs running of the results well you know we 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 finally caught up uh on news when we had to shut down for um for a month there or i should say we barely barely caught up when we when we had to shut down for a month due to covid in in august i believe uh but um, you know now we're, we're there is a bit of a backlog and a, a leg, but uh, we're about six weeks, uh, six to eight weeks on average, um, and, and certainly a little bit quicker when we rush. And and speaking of rushing um, assays, we are rushing you know the uh, the bulk of them ahead of our uh, resource uh, data cutoff, which is December first. Uh, so you know 
another what is it here middle middle of October so another um, you know month and a half uh, before our data cutoff for the for the resource so we expect to get a lot of uh, you know good data good information into uh, the resource uh, before that cutoff you had a you had a technical report uh, put out last year at the beginning of uh, last year and um, it'll probably be kind of a, a ninety thousand meters of new drilling from them and it's a completely different. Uh, situation now in terms of your understanding of the resource to what that technical report shows, which was, you know, reading through it or look, looking through it ahead of this conversation. Um, it, where you are now is, is a very different place in terms of your understanding to where you were, let's say, 12 months ago. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, even I'd go so far as to say, you know, every couple of months, our interpretation of uh, the, these veins, particularly in Napoleon, uh, has improved. And, and you know, our... our um, uh, technical director Charles Funk, who's you know uh, led the team to this discovery. Yeah, Charles is a you know uh, one of the I think the best young geologists out there. But he has a great way of talking about these things, and often he refers to our our model at Napoleon as 447B now. Now that we <laughs> with a right. few more drill holes, <laughs> okay. so it's it's it, it's always evolving. Um, yeah. And you know what I can say to you know we're 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 about 200 drill holes into Napoleon now. Um, and, you know, essentially what it is, it's, it's a three kilometer long trend. Um, you know, we've traced mineralization over two kilometers of that trend so far. Yep. And the resource area occurs in, in one kilometer. Now we're stepping out from that, that, that center, uh, let's say that one kilometer center and, you know, expanding north and south along strike. Um, and we've drilled that now, as I say, in the resource area for a kilometer, although that'll, that strike will increase. Uh, we're, we've drilled down about 300 meters in depth. And the vein width, on average, uh, based on, on, on the holes that we've averaged up in that resource area now, is about uh, three and a half kilometers, uh, three and a half meters in, in width there. So that, That's great. And I, I noticed that uh, well, I've, just, I've seen that San Dimas, a few, um, what, eight kilometers north of you, uh, the, the average width, width is uh, two meters. Um, will you be modeling your resource? I mean, maybe this is too, too much uh, detail, but will you be modeling on a kind of a two meter width? Because that's, that, that seems to be kind of a minimum mining width. Yeah, I think what we've looked at it, you know, and of course, San Dimas in the past, when Primero had it, they, they were mining an average width of less than that. It was about a meter and a half. Um, and, and the average grade was, you know, somewhere between, well, it certainly ranged between 400 and 600. On those, so it you know took a little bit of dilution there, and and, and was still profitable, at, you know, at some points there. So, you know, I think, you know, although these epithermal districts in in, in Mexico are quite similar um, in terms of, you know, we we believe that you know, Panuco has some some hallmarks, and 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 it looks like it could be an earlier you know in development stage uh, San Dimas in terms of the footprint, in terms of the the genesis and 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 the, uh, the kind of the. Uh, the genesis of the rocks there and, and the geology it looks very similar. Um, there are some things that are different in um, at Panuco than San Dimas. Now, one of the biggest things, of course, is that San Dimas has been operating on a commercial level. The Hearst family had it about 100 years ago, uh, and then it was in Luzman, and you know it's had many iterations of commercial production. And I would suspect that they've gone to, you know, some of the, the, the better veins, they probably got to those first, um, you know, so I think over time, probably that average width has shrunk, um, mining width has shrunk at, at San Dimas. And there's, you know, in these systems, of course, there's, there's uh, you know, kinks and swells and blowout zones in the, in, in the, in the vein, um, where mining becomes, you know, quite, 
quite profitable and, and quite simple for, for, for a long period of time when they get into these big clavos or, or, or shoots. Um, but what we're seeing at Napoleon is a little bit different. And there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, one is that it appears to be one long panel of mineralization here, continuous panel uh, in, in a dip slip formation. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about that is that it, you know, makes mining a little bit easier. And, and you know, there are some wider areas. There's areas uh, that go out to about 12 meters at Napoleon, and there's some narrow areas that go into about a meter and a half. Uh, but on average, you know, over, over three and a half meters of, of uh, average uh, vein width there is quite impressive. Um, I would say, you know, you, you don't have to take a huge amount of dilution there. As a matter of fact, you, you take limited dilution on, on, on with those widths. Um, but what also sets uh, Vizsla's Panuco apart, and this is really important, is uh, there's a phase in the mineralization that's a semi-massive to massive sulfide phase that, that seems to occur and then deposit, um, you know, these high grades of silver, gold, and then also base metals. Uh, you know, our, our discovery hole, uh, hole seven, back in summer of 2020, was six meters of, of eight kilograms of silver um, equivalent. That had, you know, multi- kilo silver, uh, yeah. three ounces of gold, you know, double digit percent base metals. It was very, very high grade. And it, and it occurred in this massive sulfide phase. And, you know, why that's important is that it is different than a lot of epithermal fields in Mexico. And, and, but it also allows us to um, pick that up on, on uh, fixed loop electromagnetics. And, you know, I can get into this a little bit later when we talk about the, the exploration upside of, uh, of the project, but we're, we're now able to target the highest grade areas of the veins. Um, and you don't see, actually, we don't see that in San Dimas. We haven't, haven't um, you know, read about that in any of the reports that we've looked at at San Dimas. Uh, there's only, uh, you know, two companies that I can, can really think of that have done that uh, with, with uh, targeting this type of precious metals with EM uh, on this scale would be, I think it was Dundee precious metals in, in uh, Eastern Europe. And then of course uh, our friend, um, uh, Steve's uh, Bellevue Gold in um, in Australia. They've been able to be predictive with their with uh, geophysics and electromagnetics on on, on gold. So, the, the, I you know I, I do. There are many parallels, and we 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 think that uh, Panuco is very similar to a San Dimas in scale and and and, and you know type of rocks. But uh, there are some details about Panuco that I think are, are unique to itself. Uh, thank you. My goodness, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> Apologies, I, I, I sometimes get a bit excited about that. <laughs> um, no, it's a pretty comprehensive answer. It's sticking with the concept that it's kind of a, a panel um, and just kind of riffing back to San Dimas because uh, they talk about these strike zones of kind of one or two kilometers. And then within, within the panel of mineralization, there's kind of what they call a favorable zone where they get these dipping, plunging shoots. And um, kind of within that broad panel, they can estimate that they're going to get about 30% of that turning into ore. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, the three and a half meters average width is good. Um, let's say a minimized, uh, a minimum mechanized mining width is going to be uh, around two meters. Um, just in terms of kind of the continuity of the panel that you've got at Panuco, what's your drill spacing? And you know, how much variability is there kind of north and south? Let's say you've got a, um, a panel with a plunging uh, shoot on it. You know, how much vertical continuity is there and how much kind of confidence do you have in your step outs long strike? Are you doing 20 meter step outs or 50 meters or 10 meters? So, so, you know, initially we've done as wide as 100 meter step outs, but now we're doing, you know, 50 meter 
uh, centers uh, with uh, with with fence drilling on that essentially to you know to do the, to work towards the resource and that that gives us um, in some places an indicated level of of, of um, uh, resource but you know the hundred meter gives us that inferred um, and you know we will go back and and, and you know do that infill drilling that's certainly part of the the plan there and it's interesting that you mentioned the you know the plunging zones or the the thirty percent of the overall vein being um, uh, favorable, let's say, because that actually occurs in, th that's why Napoleon is so interesting um, in, in this district, because it's something new that we haven't really seen elsewhere uh, in the mined areas. Like, as I, as I mentioned, um, so Panuco actually went into production earlier than Sandima. So it went into production, of, uh, you know, 450 years ago with the, the conquistadors. Um, and so it's had a significant history and there's one vein in particular that was the center of, of historic mining and modern historic mining, which was you know, over the last hundred years, let's say, and that's the Animus vein corridor. And the Animus is, is very similar to what you describe it in, at San Dimas. We believe, um, you know, this is, it's not 43-101 compliant, that, you know, there's all the, you know, disclosure and, you know, you know but it, based on historical records and, and what we know about the district and, and things that we've looked at and looking at the void spaces, we suspect that there's been about 100 million ounces of silver equivalent taken out of eight uh, large ore shoots along the Animus vein. And that would be very comparable to, to San Dimas. Um, yeah. And when I first got to the project, our, our, um, our, our main guy there, Jose Vizcarra, who's, who actually worked at what they called Tailutita at the time, but now it's San Dimas. He worked both at Panuco. He's a, he's a local to um, the area and, and he worked yeah. both at San Dimas and, and Panuco. And he said, this is identical uh, to what we see there at, at San Dimas. Um, so there, there is a precedent for that, for it being comparable, um, you know, to those, those zones. But, but what we see here at, uh, at, at Napoleon is, is, you know, just a, such a kind of a freak of nature in the sense that you have this big panel with, uh, without the, um, without the kind of, or shoots along it. It's just big one big ore shoot essentially. Um, well, that, it'll be it'll be great to see. It'll be great to see the resource. Um, hopefully there'll be some nice uh, long sections in there and kind of a complete list of drill holes. Uh, geologists yeah. always like to be able to kind of correlate where the drill holes are, uh, where the misses are, um, you know, where the gaps are in the, in the zone. Um, are, are you planning to publish the? The drill hole database, along with the resource, or will it be included as kind of an appendix? Well, we we, we certainly will, and, and we've we've disclosed information around about every hole. We you know we we, we pride ourselves on the disclosure and the press releases. So what we've done, you go back to I think it would have been about a month and a half ago, our, our Napoleon big Napoleon release where we put out all of the drill hole data and and, uh, and and the averages, right, where we take the the resource area and we say it's uh, you know kilometer by three hundred by. 3.5, and we actually mentioned the specific gravity as well too, which is 2.72. Yeah. Um, and you know, for, from that point on, you know, you can kind of do, do the math that we provide in the uh, the press release. And so, that's um, you know, we, we pride ourselves on that disclosure. And I, you know, when we put the resource out, we'll we'll have that you know very uh, readily available for 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 everybody to uh, to review because you know we're um, well, we just think it's impressive. So happy to let people see that on their own. <laughs> Great, thank you. And uh, when the resource comes out, how much of the resource do you think will be on the Napoleon vein? Or on the Napoleon? That's a really good question. 
you know, I would say if you, if you look at strike and, and, you know, area there, I would say that, you know, it's going to be more than half of that would be certainly on Napoleon and probably getting close to, you know, three quarters, but, uh, Tijitos, actually, we, we put out news on Tijitos last week, and, and Tijitos is starting to really gather momentum as well, and, and the strike uh, there is, is, is growing. We're stepping out to the north and the south, and, and, it's, and it's responding to that. So, you know, we have a bit of a head-to-head -head race, uh, let's say, with Tijitos and Napoleon. And then, of course, we've made that, uh, that second EM discovery there at, at uh, Josephine, which is a parallel vein to Napoleon. Uh, in the northern part of Napoleon, it's about 50 meters to the west. In the southern part of Napoleon, it's 200 meters to the west. We are drilling that actively as well, too. So there, there you know, I think there will be some portion of that. Uh, whether you want to consider that part of Napoleon, I, I would consider it, you know, we, in some some incidents in, in, the, in the north, we can drill through Napoleon into Josephine. But I would consider Josephine as a as another portion or another aspect of the overall resource. And coming to the massive sulfide uh, elements of the resource. Um, is it kind of that fine-grained sphalerite and galena with the with the silver minerals? Is, is, is that what you mean by massive sulfide, or is it? Do you, do you get kind of coarse-grained uh, zinc and lead minerals? Well, I, you know, I can, I'm happy to actually show uh, a graphic of that because I think that might be the most um, serving. Sure. Is that okay to share my? Uh, yeah, share yeah, my please screen? do. It is it is that kind of classic massive sulfide here, where it is, actually isn't just the silver mineralization; it really is. Um, yeah, it really has to do with the uh, uh, unique massive sulfide uh, material. The technical report from last year said that the grades are highest when you're in the lower fault zone, when you get this very fine grain in the gray quartz, and it's gray because of the silver minerals. And then there's a fine grain pyrite and a fine grain sphalerite and uh, galena through it. That's that's right. Yeah. Sure, whether yeah. whether the, when you talk about the the, the response from the EM, whether it was that um, fine grain material or there's a difference um, kind of this is, what you're talking about. Yeah, I suspect that this might be, be different. I don't have that report in front of me, but so here, here's um, what we see here in, in uh, the Napoleon hole seven, which was that, that sub interval, which is, is still the highest grade. We, we actually drilled a, a hole at, um, at uh, Josephine that was just under this. It was 20 kilos instead of 21 in a sub-interval, but this, this gives you an idea of, of that massive sulfide material here. Um, and you, you see, do you have that double-digit double lead? Um, now, I, I don't know this, the, the specific uh, mineralogy of, of, of the, the silver in this, this specific area, but I just wanted to give this as a, you know, as a, as a, as a visual representation of what we see here with massive sulfide. Hmm. Interesting, nice director's holes though, it's lovely. Yes, that's right, that's right. <laughs> And, uh, and this was that, that, you know, the material that we drilled on the, the EM uh, discovery, which was a sub interval here at, uh, you know, of, of, I believe 4.4 kilos of, of, you know, it was, it was a very short, um, you know, aspect to it, but it was, it was more of a proof of concept uh, that the EM targeting does work here with, uh, you know, in the district. And so we have other follow-up holes uh, in the area. As you can see here, this is a, this is the Napoleon uh, vein corridor to Hitos, as we discussed here to the to the east. Um, and you can see that the EM plate here picking up Napoleon uh, quite well. And then we, we, we were able to pick up uh, Josephine here and drilled into that. But we also have these these plates up here, uh, priority targets up here that um, 
you know, we're looking forward to, to having some results. I, I believe we should have that before the resource cutoff as well, too. So there's a number of targets in the, in the area here. Um, now, you know, this is great that the, the ground fixed loop, uh, EM plates, you know, is great, um, you know, for, for this area, but what, what excites me the most is that we're going to actually fly the entire property, uh, with airborne EM and geophysics and, uh, my suspicion is that these, this isn't the only area in the entire district that has this massive sulfide mineralization. As a matter of fact, I, I, I've seen it elsewhere um, underground. And uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's possible that we'll, 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 we'll discover new uh, targets, flatline structures, things like that, that, that have never been, um, never, never been known about because they haven't outcropped on the property. So, for me, the the EM is is uh, it's almost like having the keys to the district in, in, in two ways. One, I think we'll find new discoveries with the EM, or we'll be able to uh, target new drill hole discoveries with the EM. But also, it should take us to some of the highest grade areas of these veins where this massive sulfide phase occurs. Um, sorry, did you say that the 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 his, the the EM survey that you've got was ground EM? This is here. This is the only area that we did it was this was this ground EM here. Okay, and um, what's the correlation like between the EM anomalies and the drilling success? I mean, have you have you drilled any of these EM anomalies which have not hit uh, mineralization, or, or kind of have been false anomalies? The the, the only false ano anomaly that we did get was had to do with um, a power line that was oh. that was interfering with it. But in terms of actually drilling targets, um, yeah. we've been, we've been um, one hundred percent on that so far. Okay, now well, I. And that, and that's, I'm not, you know, I certainly want to make the, the caveat here in the, in the disclosure that I don't think that every single hole is going to be a, you know, a hit. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some false positives and, and things like that. But, um, you know, in an epithermal district to have the ability to, you know, to have, you know, a strong success rate on this is, is really, you know, in my opinion, groundbreaking. And well, I can see that you've got different thicknesses of your EM targets there. So for example, um, the one um, just below the Josephine vein, where it says new M discovering three holes. You've got a very fat one there, yeah, and then you've got two yeah. skinny ones on the just to the east of that. It, that that really only has to do with the orientation of the the uh, mineralization. It's it's not um, you know it doesn't. I wouldn't say that it's actually the the vein width necessarily, okay. but just the orientation. You know, the, if it's vertical or or subvertical. Okay. Understood. Yeah, that would be excellent if we could target you know volume as well. <laughs> Well, um, anyway, it's it just um, a, a question from what it looked like. Thank you. That's really interesting. And so um, when will you be able to fly the whole area and how much will that cost? So we budgeted, um, you know, I think we're, we're at somewhere between three quarters and a million dollars for, for flying the, the entire property. And um, we expect that to be completed uh, towards the end of the year here. The, the, the reason that we've waited to do that, of course, is just the uh, uh, we're, we're in the middle of the rainy season uh, down here in 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 um in Sinaloa so it it doesn't respond as well when there's this, when there's more kind of ground cover I, I I understand so um yeah we wait wait till that's over and uh I think it's probably November December that we we expect to do that and I hope that we'll have some of the results out you know in the new year it'd be uh it would be good to have at least some comment on it in the resource statement I, I don't know if you can get that in um, if the um the group that's who's who's that, who's doing the resource work um, so, so uh, we have a, a consultant here uh, named Tim Tumari, who's uh, who's going to be doing that with us here. Yeah. 
So, and who, will he be signing off? So he, he's qualified to sign off on your resource. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And is he embedded with your team at the moment? Um, I mean, no, no, he, he's an independent, uh, independent uh, resource geologist there. Yeah. And do you model your results coming through? Have you got the capacity internally to pull your resource, um, your your drill results into three dimensions and model it as you go? Um, or do you send them off to him and then he uploads it? Just what, what, so what we certainly have our own internal models and, and and things like that. That's that's definitely um, you know part of part of the work that our our, our team does. Um, but he's doing that, that independently. Great. And can you just go up um, back to the photographs of the core, please? Sure. It, it looks quite brittle to me and quite quite broken up. Is, what are the ground conditions like in um, in the mines there? Well, it really you know does vary. Uh, from area to area, um, you know, we, we have, uh, but it, broadly speaking, it's very competent rock. We've, we've uh, um, been underground uh, around Napoleon here. Um, and, and there's areas that are, you know, extremely competent where you've had, you know, big uh, void spaces that have, have, you know, haven't moved in, in decades. Um, and then there are, you know, certainly areas that have a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit softer rock conditions, but but it's broadly speaking, it's uh, you know, it's quite a quite a competent uh, country rock here. And is all of your drilling at uh, Napoleon and the, the the corridor to the east, Tachitos uh, and Cinco Senores, is is that also uh, is that all being done from surface, or have you got any underground rigs on old uh, drives and addicts? Right now, it's all all from surface. Yeah, uh, we have we you know we've we've uh, reviewed and and. Um, gone through a number of uh kind of scenarios where we could drill from underground and uh it just appears easiest now we've got excellent access from from surface that uh drilling from underground just hasn't been a large priority yeah great so um what happens so a resource out q1 and uh you were saying you're trying to keep going on the drilling at a nine thousand ten thousand meters a month and what, what's the plan in terms of what do you do after that resource are you going to just try and show the scale of um, the district or you're going to try and take some part of that higher up the uh, development curve or a bit of both? Well, I, you know, one of the things uh, I'd like to stress, of course, is that our, our group is capable and, and um, driven to take this all the way into to production here. So I, I should probably highlight some of our, our team uh, chairman, Craig Perry, <clears throat> you know, my, my partner in Inventa Capital and we, you know, we've worked together for, for, for years now. Uh, but Craig's, you know, recognized him from Skeena Resources, NextGen, ISO Energy. Uh, he was also a partner in, in, in Tiger's Realm. And uh, one of those companies, he led uh, Tiger's Realm Coal, built a, you know, a coking coal project in, in far eastern Russia. Um, so definite, you know, development production uh, experience there. Um, and then we also have Simon Smirlik, who's the COO uh, at, uh, at Osenko Engineering. And so, you know, Simon's built more, more mines than, you know, many of us have even seen, uh, including Las Chispas. So they're building Las Chispas right now, which is a, you know, comp to, uh, to this in, in, in a few ways. So, um, you know, with, with Simon's uh, experience, you know, worked at Olympic Dam and Goro, you know, multi-billion dollar CapEx uh, engineering projects. And then of course, building probably, I don't know, tens of billions of dollars of projects around the world. Right now, um, we you know we have really competent um, experience on that level. Um, you know our VP Tech Services, Marty Dupuy, uh, spent about ten years at uh, Pan American Silver. Uh, you know, 
building mines and and, and operating mines in uh, in Mexico as well. Um, so we have we have the bench strength to to take this uh, forward. Um, and I should also speak to the team that we have on the ground there. You know, Hernando uh, Ruida, who is our country manager, uh, was most recently with Capstone, and prior to that with Agnico like, Eagle. So. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not a, a group that's just poking holes in the ground and putting a for sale sign up where we're, we're serious about this. And, you know, the thing that, that, that I look at, um, when I see Vizla, you know, of course we're, we're going to do this for the rest of our lives. Um, why, 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 why rush to get rid of something that, that has, um, you know, the scale, the grade and, uh, the, the propensity to grow, uh, that Vizla Silver has here at Panuco, I, you know, I, Craig often says he wants to see his grandkids get dividend checks out of these projects. So, um, ah, well, I, 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 I've been in the game long enough to know that when you've got a really good asset, you don't want to let it go too quickly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my question was kind of more to the point that I had a quick look at the San Dimas kind of uh, report from last year, and uh, they did 26 kilometers of development and produced 13 million ounces of um, silver equivalent. So you're effectively talking of two kilometers. Uh, of development, underground development for every million ounces that you produce on, on, on an ongoing basis. And it, it won't be the same at Panuco, but kind of, it's a good yardstick. And mm-hmm. uh, really, it's just that, uh, you know, building a mine is, is difficult and hard yards. And um, for a certain period, it's easier to keep to keep exploring when you can. I just wondered you know, how, yeah, quick, it, how quick are you going to start putting the engineering around it and how, how hard you're going to go on the, let's, let's say for 2022, you know, is the focus still on exploration? Well, and I appreciate that. I, 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 I maybe I, I didn't answer that uh, directly, but you know the um, the plan here really is to put this initial resource out in Q1 2022. Um, from that, I, I, I see multiple expansions of those resources because we're not going to just stop drilling. You know, once we put that resource out, the rigs will continue. There, you know, there's sometimes we talk about adding more rigs as well too, and then that may be something that we see in the future. Um, and then in the background, what we've been working on, of course, is, is how do we optimize the existing infrastructure here? So, you know, we have the El Coco mill, um, we're doing baseline geotech, baseline environmental work behind the scenes, um, you know, all of those engineering trade-off studies that you would expect, you know, someone to do with a, with a mill, you know, we're not, uh, we're not sitting on our hands, um, you know, in terms of de-risking the next steps here. Um, you know, one of the other things that, that I'm proud of is that you know, our team's been doing a great job of uh, working with the Hitos and putting long, long-term exploitation, um, you know, agreements in place there as well. So um, <clears throat> the, the next steps here, I, I, you know, I think at some point um, we may come out and, and surprise the market with just kind of how ready we are to, to, to move into production at, um, at Panuco. But of course, you know, the the work that we're doing with exploration and drilling and moving towards the resource and growing the resource, that is some really value, value, uh, creative work that we're doing. And, and, you know, it seems to have, uh, you know, high, high impact on, on the value that we, you know, we create with, uh, with the drill bit. So that's our, that's our focus right now. Michael, thank you so much. That's a really great in- introduction for me to the, um, technical side of the, of the business. I've really enjoyed, uh, talking to, to you today. Uh, thank you very much. And I look very much forward to seeing how the resource uh, develops in Q1 and I'm hearing from you about that. Oh, very good, Merlin. I appreciate and uh, look forward to connecting uh, again here shortly. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? 
or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.